me, 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 but also you. The Pharaoh fast forwards his favorite foreign film, Powder Donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the name your price tool from Progressive. Oh man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm gonna need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus, the Bulbous Walrus. The name your price tool, only from Progressive. The owl ran afoul of the comatose Coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law. This episode of Energy Matters is sponsored by Arnold Golden and Gregory. Welcome to Energy Matters, a show about how you can save money on your utility bills, use technology wisely, and live a more sustainable lifestyle. Here's your host, veteran energy regulator and clean energy expert, Commissioner Tim Eccles. Thank you, Scott Slade. It is always great to be saving money and to use technology and to live a more sustainable life. I'm Tim Eccles, the host of Energy Matters, and wow, we have had an adventuresome time recently, and today's show is really going to be looking at the trip that I made to Sapelo Island, this entire effort to get a solar pavilion built on that island to power their library. And, you know, if you think about Sapelo Island, I would imagine, and I've got my producer, Logan, uh, in the studio Logan, uh, I, I would imagine ninety nine point nine 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 percent of Georgians have never been to Sapelo. Have you ever been to Sapelo? I've not. I've been to Jekyll. I've been to Cumberland. I've been to a lot of the Georgia coastal islands, but have not made it to Sapelo. Yeah. Well, so it's a hundred miles of coastline from you know Tybee all the way down to Cumberland, and Sapelo is an island with some incredible history. And for three hundred years, uh, Gulagichi. Uh, descendants have lived on this island and we're down to like 47 residents in this little 450 plus acre area of Sapelo Island and they've got a library they've got a playground they've got a little commissary but there's there's not much right there uh it, it's it's it really is if, if I know folks will have a hard time believing this it really is kind of a poor area um and believe it or not, though, Alan Bailey, who was drafted by the Chiefs out of there, he's now back with the Falcons. He's the most famous person probably to ever come out. But I was down on the island helping a constituent, a guy who actually is a, a an attorney for Tony Dungy and a lot of NFL uh, NFL players. And he had bought a piece of land from a, a, a Gullah Geechee descendant and was building a house, quite a nice house, actually. And, uh, and, and Dennis... Dennis is his name, and we got this idea to build a uh, a solar pavilion there uh, to power the library. So this interview coming up uh, is one of the one of the ladies on the on the uh, library board, and we're going to dedicate the whole show to what's going on uh, on Sapelo Island. We interrupt this episode of Energy Matters to take you outdoors on the road again. Hey, this is Tim Eccles with another segment of Energy Matters on the road or on the boat. We're actually, uh, you can hear the boat in the background. We're cranking up and leaving Sapelo Island. And great, I've got Gracie here uh, who is on the library board and lives on the island. It was great having you yesterday, Gracie, at the event. I enjoyed being there. I was very proud of, of all the people and the work that's been done. As you think about adding technology, adding green energy to a remote place like this. Um, I mean, how important is that, you think, to the University of Georgia officials that are part of the island and other people that, you know, that are that are here and, and they're very proud of this state resource? And, you know, why is this a significant thing? Well, it helps our uh, university kids, they get to, during the summer, they get to go down to the library if they need any extra help. But we have, at the university, we have plenty of computers and a library and all, but it's not geared for anything like what, what the Hog Hammock Library is. It's, I'm so happy to see the, um, the kids of the community be able to have a good place to go a safe place to go, and technology, because they're all going to need it a lot more than I am. 
You know, it's hot in Athens, where I'm from, and hot in Atlanta, but it's a it's a different kind of hot down here. We were out yesterday in that heat, and it is stunning. And so putting some shade in that playground, I think it's going to be a great blessing. I think people are going to enjoy those wonderful picnic tables that we that Darian Telephone put under there and that AES Solar were, was involved with. And so... Uh, you know, do you see maybe folks of the island taking advantage of the pavilion itself? Yeah, I can see them taking advantage of it. I can see family picnics on the weekends and and more advanced um, activities at the library. Uh, I think it would be really good. And I I know that was it, I think it was you that challenged David Stevens to a better playground for the kids. It would be it'd be really great. They've been doing a lot of good playgrounds in McIntosh County and it'd be great for like my little grandkids to be able to go and Miss Inez's grandkids and uh, Bahari and all of our grandkids to be able to go because it just um, it's a good it's a great place when I first came here I noticed one of the swings were torn up and I told my team I said, we're going to fix that swing before we leave here. So we wanted to leave this place better than we found it. So we built a $35,000 solar pavilion. We fixed a swing for you, and we put Thompson water seal on all your picnic tables and then your your wood item. Uh, I, I think David Stevens and those guys will come through. I have challenged them. That playground, it's got to be at least 40 years old uh, with the old slide and the old swings. Um, and so uh, I, I love to do that with officials, get them in front of some people and, and, and give them a challenge. Well, as you think about the University of Georgia and their work on the island, why is Sapelo Island an important asset to the University of Georgia? Oh, my goodness. Well, Sapelo Island is the birth of ecology. Uh, Dr. Um, Teal, back in the 50s, he, he made so much... Um, history with the ecology of the island we have um we have students from all over the place we have students from wisconsin we have students from the netherlands university of houston university of florida we even let them here and um kansas it just it's just crazy the university of georgia too I mean, we have students all the time. That's what I do is take care of all the students that come here. I make all their reservations, make sure they have a clean place to sleep and a vehicle to drive. And it is amazing to see the kids and teachers. We have a lot of teachers in the summer. It just amazes me to see what they do and what and get out in the mud. We have, but we have, um, we have. Um, entomologist we have oh snake people we have you name it anything that that architecture um plants it was just a, a a maze of of opportunities for these kids it's crazy you know i've been to a lot of islands uh, along the georgia coast and cumberland island is certainly a great resource and there's a lot of dirt there, not a lot of pavement, so it's great for walking. But this island is so great for biking. You, you've got roads all over the island. They call that one road the Audubon. Um, so Mr. Reynolds apparently you know, spent a lot of money uh, making these roads. So most Georgians have never been here because you have to get on this ferry boat and take it over there. But it is a, a tremendous resource, a pristine beach, and just... Uh, you know, just really just hundreds and hundreds of acres of wildlife and wildflowers and mosquitoes. Uh, oh, let me ask you about these mosquitoes. How do you keep these things off of you? Um, a lot of off and cutter. Um, I used to live in Darien, and I had sulfur water, and I said that the sulfur water kept them off of me, but I think I've run out of that because they love me now. We were eat up uh, walking through the marsh, through the nature trail, uh, despite everything we put on us. Uh, but we stayed in that Reynolds mansion. First time I've ever stayed there, uh, Mr. Reynolds' house that's now owned by, by the state of Georgia. 
and uh, certainly uh, an iconic home that he built there. He didn't spare any expense. Uh, uh, he must have been quite wealthy. Uh, so it's a, it's a great resource, and folks can stay there if they bring a group down. It's a great, a great asset. What do you think um, the island's future? How do you see it? Uh, do you see it just really just remaining about the same and being preserved, or do you see it as something that more and more folks can take advantage of? Well, in my view, the um, the people of the island have a lot of them have had to sell the properties or properties they've died, the families have died, and so the um, I see the the wealthier people being able to come over here. And I've been over here for about 13, almost 14 years and seen the amount of really, really nice houses that's been developed and, and built on the marsh. And it's, um, it's been a tough time with the, the island people, the residents, being able to pay taxes. And so, you know, these, somebody can go in there and buy a, the property for almost nothing but a lot of them pay a lot of money for it and um, I don't see I hope I will never ever in my lifetime see a causeway or a um, anything that connects us to the real world because it's it is a, a pristine beach one fourth of July a couple of years ago my family was here and we were the only people on the beach for hours on 4th of July. It was wonderful. And you can go down there anytime. There might be 10 people, but it's a beautiful beach, and it's all natural. And um, I just thank God every day that I get to stay here. I live on the right on the marsh, and if I wasn't here right now, I'd be out in the marsh fishing. Well, it's been great talking to you, and, and thanks for being there yesterday and supporting this uh, Sapelo Solar Project. This is Tim Eccles. You're listening to Energy Matters. Gas South believes in the difference we can all make like the difference in putting people first and showing that you care. For us, our difference is saving people money with our best rates and no deposit. And the difference we make in our community by taking care of our friends and neighbors and giving back 5% of our profits to help children in need. Learn more about what makes us different at GasSouth.com. GasSouth. The difference is good. Logan Booker, producer of Energy Matters, here for Green Power EMC. From the suburbs to rural farming communities, Georgia is enjoying the benefits of a more sustainable future through the power of solar energy. Available from 38 of Georgia's member-owned electric membership cooperatives, or EMCs, these not-for-profit utilities are harnessing the sun's energy to bring clean, renewable, and affordable electricity to 4.2 million Georgians. For more information, visit www.greenpoweremc.com or contact your local EMC. This episode of Energy Matters is sponsored by Arnold, Golden, and Gregory, an AMLAW 200 law firm with 180 attorneys in Atlanta and Washington, D.C. They take a business sensibility approach when advising clients. They provide industry knowledge, attention to detail, transparency, and value to help businesses and individuals achieve their definition of success. AGG subscribes to the belief not if, but how. We thank John Gornall and all the attorneys and staff at AGG for sponsoring our show. Hey, this is Commissioner Eccles for another On the Road segment of Energy Matters. And while we're on the boat, we're leaving Sapelo Island, and I've got with me Brad Carver, who is the attorney for the Large Scale Solar Association. And Brad, this is uh, the end of a dream that we've had for about a year. Oh, it's amazing. It's been, a, it's been an incredible trip. I haven't been to Sapelo Island since I was in middle school, and uh, I actually never had, uh, was fortunate enough to go to uh, uh, the Reynolds Mansion, and so we got to stay there for the weekend, but uh, really historic uh, installation, and I'll have to give uh, kudos to our uh, chairman, 
uh, Ryan Sanders, the chairman of the Georgia Large Scale Solar Association, he put it all together. He got our members uh, to contribute. Uh, we had uh, Southern Current uh, from Charleston, South Carolina, with a couple of University of Georgia graduates that uh, ran uh, point on doing the installation. And then EDF, uh, which is one of our members, a French company, uh, was con contributed financially to make this happen. And, and truly, we think this is going to be a, a great thing for the uh, hog hammock community uh, and, and the public library. They're going to see immediate cost savings in their energy. Yeah, let's turn a second to the mission of the Large Scale Solar Association, particularly during the last Integrated Resource Plan, uh, the, the strategy work that you all had to try to, to essentially take advantage of an opportunity that we have in this country with an investment tax credit. I know you all pushed really hard in, in, in really making the case that there was savings to be had for the ratepayers, and you know we were able to do a lot, not quite as much as you all had wanted, but were your members pleased, and how do you feel like this is all going to play out over the next three years? Uh, we were pleased. Uh, Georgia Power had originally proposed a gigawatt or 1,000 megawatts of uh, new uh, uh, large-scale solar, utility-scale solar in the state of Georgia. Uh, we were able to push that number over two gigawatts, more than doubled the, the uh, original request of the Georgia Power Company. And through the leadership of the commission, I think we're, we're very happy. The point we made all along was that uh, the investment tax credit, we think it's going to go away. Um, we kind of see the writing on the wall with the future in the Congress and with the president. Um, that we don't expect that the investment track tax credit will be extended. So literally this is the last bite of the apple we could have to have substantial savings. And frankly, we wanted to see that uh, go to the Georgia ratepayers as opposed to the other 49 states. And I think Georgia took a big step forward. Uh, we are clearly one of the fastest growing solar states. Um, we are great for so many reasons. And uh, frankly, I think it's gonna be great for the state in terms of lowering everybody's rates but also substantial investment uh, in South Georgia in particular into areas that desperately need that economic investment. Yeah, let's talk about that a second and how this has benefited middle and South Georgia because I think the average person uh, in metro Atlanta where most of our citizens are, they don't really ever see any of these large arrays. They don't know what's happening. They're, you know, they're watching television uh, on the news and maybe re reading the paper and they're not aware that these large arrays are going in and some of the benefits. Can you kind of recount uh, some of the benefits that communities are receiving as a result of uh, large-scale solar coming into their, their county or their area? Yeah, one of the best examples of that is Twiggs County. Twiggs County is one of the poorest counties in our state, uh, and they, they got a 200-megawatt project from the Georgia Power uh, utility-scale program. It has been a tremendous investment in that community. In fact, it actually doubled the tax base of the entire county. So uh, the, the, the great news story we had for the opening of that solar facility was they literally had one of their fire stations closed. They didn't have the Avalorum tax base to be able to continue to support one of the fire stations in their county. And due to this investment, they're going to be able to reopen that fire station, which is going to be a huge deal for the people in that community because otherwise without fire coverage, their fire insurance rates went through the roof. Yeah, if you think about some of the other things that, that increasing that tax digest and having more Avalorum taxes do, maybe that's a better ball field, maybe that's a nicer library, maybe that's an extension to something, another ambulance, as you said, a fire station. There are a lot of benefits maybe that residents or or citizens don't really think about when you, when you increase the value of land. And this land uh, down in South Georgia is under, often underutilized and poorly valued, and this adds a lot of value to it. Why is it putting solar increases the value of land? What's amazing about it, and this is why these local communities compete so uh, heavily for these projects, is that, uh, frankly, it's just free investment in the county. These projects don't need fire protection or fire uh, police protection or school systems or jails or any other county infrastructure and so you, you it's just a really infusion of resources into these communities that desperately need it uh, and there's no corresponding increase in services that are required for the investment so uh, that's exactly what it is and that's that's why these communities will uh, are, are you know compete heavily to try to get these projects 
you think about the large-scale solar association uh, being involved with big projects yet what they've sponsored here on sapelo is really a tiny project is it's really uh i think showing the value that solar can have even on a small facility like the library why were they so why were they so committed to to wanting to give back in this way well, it's a great question, and, and I'll tell you that, that really our Georgia Large Scale Solar Association, which represents the utility scale interest in the state, was closely aligned with the Georgia Distributed Generation Group, which is, which is again, those are one to three megawatt projects. Those are, we would call those medium scale projects. And even the small scale projects, a lot of those are behind the meter or customer installed or rooftop installations. Uh, we frankly think it, it, it's, it's good for the state economically as well as obviously for the environment too. This particular project here on Sapelo Island, we just saw the need and we also thought this would be a great opportunity to showcase what solar can do for a community. And, and frankly, the more uh, folks see it, state of Georgia, et cetera, we think that this can be replicated in other places as well. You know, when I first took office in 2000. 10 republicans weren't really engaged in solar we had just seen the whole solyndra thing happen and uh, where they had gone bankrupt and then uh, you know basically the ratepayers had subsidized this and so there was a a a bad taste in the mouth of of republicans in particular but that seems to have changed now what what has been the factors that's led to more republican support of solar yeah, and, and I, you're exactly right. I mean, we've been battling that for several years now. I've been representing the Georgia Large Scale Solar Association for four years now. And we, 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 we called it the Fox News Solyndra. We, we had to break some of the stereotypes about solar. And the truth is that, that really Georgia and the Georgia Public Service Commission have done this the right way. They've waited till the price point has got to the point that we don't need subsidies. We don't need mandates. Uh, and frankly, Georgia, the state of Georgia has been able to benefit off of the subsidies that have been used by California and uh, New York, New Jersey, these other blue states that have invested in solar for many years, as well as overseas, Germany in particular. So the truth is that a lot of states did a lot of investments early on where it wasn't cost competitive. There were subsidies, there were mandates in place. Georgia has waited till such point as the price is truly below avoided cost. So every one of these kilowatt hours that are going to be brought, whether it's the large scale program, the medium scale distributed generation program, or even the behind the meter program, all of those will be done below at or below avoided cost, which means that every one of those projects will lower rates for every Georgian, and then we all benefit from that. We've got a busy year at the commission with a, a rate case for Georgia Power and AGL, and rates are going to go up. That's not going to be a good news story for us. We've had delays on Vogel. This solar story is really one of the brightest lights coming out of the commission. Where do you see us going in the future? Do you feel like now we have all the solar that we can handle or all that we need? Or do you feel like that in three years when we tee all this up again, that there's going to be more opportunity? Well, let me just say this too. We, we've branded this. We, 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 we call this red state solar and, and we call it that for a reason. Um, you know, obviously we have five Republican commissioners on the Public Service Commission. They're Their overall number one objective is to look out for the ratepayers of Georgia, and that's exactly the way they've done this program since the very first time uh, in 2013, the Integrated Resource Plan hearings back in 2013 that you, Commissioner Eccles, were part of. Every one of the solar installations that have been done have been two lower rates for the ratepayers. So frankly, I think we've done it the right way, and I also think because we we didn't get everything in this IRP, I think there's still a lot of meat on the bone so to speak there's still a lot of opportunities for us in the 2019 uh integrated resource or excuse me the 2022 irp hearings and and we think that's probably a last opportunity to do a renewable program beyond that i see solar plus storage competing in an all resource procurement manner where it can compete against natural gas or coal or any other resource and actually win on price so I do think there's probably one more bite at the apple for us to do a renewable pr- procurement. But beyond that, I think our solar folks realize that they'll be able to compete head-to-head uh, with these other energy sources. 
And, and, and let, me, let me comment on that for a second because I do think the future is storage. And so, you know, I think the, the commission made a big investment. This, this IRP with an 80 megawatt project for Georgia Power to investigate storage. And I think that's going to be our future. Well, we're with Brad Carver and we're on the, the ferry heading back from Sapelo Island to Darien to the mainland. Brad, thanks so much for your leadership and for working with this association to do such a great deed for the folks here on Sapelo and Hog Hammock. Oh, thank you. My pleasure, Commissioner Eccles. So, so great, great to be with you this weekend. This is Tim Eccles. You've been listening to Energy Matters on the Road. Creative Solar USA is a Georgia-based turnkey installer of innovative solar panel systems. With their NABSEP certified installers, they ensure you receive the highest quality solar energy system in the industry. They're proud to work with you before, during, and after the install, blending customer demand, system capability, and expertise to provide the best service possible. Contact them today at 770-485-7438 or creativesolarusa.com. Tim Eccles for Marlin Gas Services. As the port continues to grow, more and more trucking companies are using natural gas in their trucks instead of diesel. Marlin Gas Services is helping to usher in this clean opportunity. With their specialized rigs, they create virtual pipelines with all the equipment and expertise to provide reliable, clean natural gas. Marlin Gas is the company that gas utilities, pipeline companies, and industrial facilities turn to. See MarlinGas.com for more information. This episode of Energy Matters is sponsored by BMW Auto Sales. COVID-19 has changed everything, even buying a car. BMVW Auto Sales, one of our show sponsors, not only sanitizes every car, but you can buy it online and they'll trailer it to your home anywhere in Georgia and surrounding states. They've used electric cars, plug-in hybrids, and traditional hybrids. Check out the inventory at ev-hybrid.com. That's ev-hybrid.com. They have a three-day loaner period as well if you want to make sure electric works for you. Check them out at ev-hybrid.com. Commissioner Eccles here with Energy Matters on the road, actually way off the road on Sapelo Island, because we couldn't even take we couldn't even take a car over here. Had to take a boat. I'm here with Nettie, and I'm in the church. I'm at First African Baptist. We're about I'm about to preach a me- preach a message, but I've got a very special guest here, Miss Nettie. Uh, tell me about this church and uh, about you know why you come back over here from the mainland uh, to worship. I'm a third-generation descendant of Sapelo, and I grew up in the Raccoon Bluff community that's north of here, where our original church is located. It was established in 1866. There were five communities on Sapelo, and Raccoon Bluff at one time was the largest community. But as the population began to decline, uh, Mr. Reynolds, R.J. Reynolds, who was the last private owner of the island, encouraged the people to move to where we are located now in Hog Hammock. We have a new church here, but our old church is on the National Register of Historic Places. And we try to have at least three services at the church to keep it alive. This church meets where we are now. We meet the first Sunday in each month. At the present time, we do not have a pastor, but we still have visiting ministers to come, one of whom is the son of the island, Reverend James Banks, Jr., and his late father was a deacon of this church. So Reverend Banks, there, Reverend James, this is Reverend William Banks, and he is the uh, superintendent of the Sunday School and the former chairman of the deacon board. Uh, We don't have a very large congregation, but we have a choir, we have Sunday School, the first Sunday in every month, and I am the adult Sunday school teacher. Fred Hay teaches the high school and middle school children, and his wife, Renee Hay, 
is also the third Sunday school teacher, and she teaches all the elementary children. Fred is also one of the musicians here because he is the guitarist for our church. So Fred uh, was uh, really instrumental in helping us get the solar facility built over here. He's the island manager. He works for the Department of Natural Resources. So Fred's really an integral part of this community, isn't he? He definitely is. He's the first island manager that I know who has taken such an interest in the island. And whatever goes on, he is a part of it. Not only does he uh, help at this church, but he's also well-establishedly known at St. Luke. (coughs) St. Luke is the other church, but both churches and the one in Racklin Bluff, they're all Baptist churches. Yeah, so that's good. I'm a Baptist minister, so that that I'll fit I'll fit right in here. You know, most Georgians have never been to Sapelo, uh, let alone set foot in this the first African Baptist church. How long has this church been here? This one has been here uh, like twenty, well, almost thirty years, I believe. It was um, built with the help of the fourth Mrs. Reynolds and. The congregation, uh, even members who no longer live here, still come back for our anniversaries, and they help to contribute toward the upkeep of the church. Uh, The church, as I said, uh, the old one was established in 1866, so then the first Sunday in May of every year, we celebrate the church anniversary. Well, let me ask you, we've heard all kind of stories. We've been staying at the Reynolds Mansion this weekend. We've heard, heard all kind of stories about wild cows and, and different things. What's the scariest thing you've ever seen on this island? Personally, uh, rattlesnakes. <laughs> that's, that's what I've feared most. But we, um, the wild cows <clears throat> were here. Mr. Reynolds had a dairy here. In fact, the first owner was... Uh, Thomas Spaulding, and farming was done then, and they even had a sawmill here at that time. But uh, the wild cows, when Mr. Reynolds left, they just let the cows go, and they just wander around the island. Now, during hunting season, they the hunters come, and it's, they use a lottery system to get uh, a chance to hunt. They can shoot wild hogs, wild cows, deer and bird uh, wild turkeys wow so what what is it about the the island you're on the mainland now but what is what is what is it about island life and island culture that you most want to preserve it's so it's always been a family oriented island and uh, i'm just grateful because i came here when I was two years old, I'm a polio survivor, and I contacted polio when I was two, and so my grandmother wanted my mother to bring me to a better climate. I was born in New York City, but when I came here, I stayed until I finished the seventh grade. At that time, our schools, we had two on the island, and the schools only went through the seventh grade. After that time, that was one of the reasons people left the island. They left to further their education or for job possibilities. And I left and went to Savannah, and from there, Norwalk, Connecticut, where I went to high school. You know, the uh, the folks that have to go off the mainland to work or to school, it's very cumbersome to, you know, have to have to live live that life every day that's something i mean we deal with the traffic in atlanta but we don't have to deal with a ferry boat uh and making sure that we catch catch the ferry boat as you think about you know the island's future you know uh you know as more and more people leave or sell their land i mean what 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 is the future of the hog hammock community here and and the island the, the thing that I worry most about is that the young people are not coming back. They leave for educational purposes and they leave for job opportunities, but very few return. Now, 
I did not establish residence here on the island, but my niece has a house here. And all these people you see I'm related to, as I can think back, there are only three families that we were not related to. Uh, these two ladies you saw, um, you spoke with Lula's daughter, Sharon. The other lady who has just come in, her late husband was a deacon here, Deacon Banks' brother. And when I mentioned the minister that helps us out and come now that we don't have one, but we are looking for one, this is Mrs. Banks, and she's the mother of Reverend James Banks. This is the mother of the church here. And that's a Banks also. <laughs> that's Mrs. Bernice Banks. Well, we're going to, it's almost 11 o'clock, and I'm the preacher, so I'm going to wrap up this interview and just say, say, uh, God bless you, and and, uh, and God bless everyone here in Hog Hammock, and it's wonderful to be a part of it. Thanks for being on our show. And I have to tell you that I'm a 43 years retired educator. I've taught for 43 years and retired in 2006, and that's when I came back to Georgia. I now live in Brunswick, but I retired from Delaware State University, where I taught English and well, thanks for being on the show. Thank you very much for coming, and we cannot thank you and your group enough for what you have done for the library. We didn't have a library when I was growing up, and I, anything I can do, I promise to do for the library. That story, Miss Nettie dedicating the library to Dr. Cow- Carolyn Douse and uh, got Logan Booker uh, just conversing with me here. Logan, the the expression on this 94-year-old woman's face when we uncovered her name atop this $35,000 pavilion, uh, that's certainly the highest piece of technology on the entire island. As we uncovered this, she was stunned. It's chills. I, w- I want to hit the road with you, Tim. This yeah. is amazing stuff. So, you know, she started this library way back when, and 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 folks, you just kind of understand how difficult it is to live out here. This is not Sea Island or Jekyll or Saint Simons. This is this is an island where kids that want to go to that, that go to school hop on a ferry boat, go to the mainland, and then catch a bus. Uh, and then come back in the afternoon, and if they're late for the ferry bus, their parents have figured, got to figure out how to get another boat over there. And, and uh, we complain when we don't have air conditioning, Tim. And, and these guys are it's, – it's incredible. It really is. And, and this, this pavilion that was built by Yellowwood, they provided the, they provided the lumber, and Southern Current, two UGA guys who owned this solar company, and EDF, a French company – because this island had some French roots, they really wanted to do something for the folks there. This power powers the entire library and feeds a little bit back on the grid during the daytime. So in just 48 hours, it had fed about 25 kilowatt hours back onto the grid. So my calculations is that we're going to be able to not only provide daytime power for this pavilion, but we're going to essentially cover cover by feeding back under the grid all their nighttime power. Great it's, work, a, Tim. it's a great story. Everyone has tough times in their life. By checking the project share box at the bottom of your utility bill, you can make life a little easier for your neighbors. Your one, two, or five dollar checkoff is matched by the utility and then used by the Salvation Army to help folks having a tough time paying their energy bills. It's that easy. Join PSC Commissioner Tim Eccles and many others by donating via your power bills this year. See more by clicking projectshareinfo.com. And thank you. Hey, this is Tim Eccles. We talk all the time on Energy Matters about buying a used EV instead of a new one. Let someone else pay the depreciation. BMVW Auto Sales, one of our show sponsors, can fix you up. Go to their website at ev-hybrid.com to see the ever-changing inventory. BMVW has every brand, every type of EV, and they'll even let you test drive it for three days, show you how to charge it and drive it for maximum performance. That's ev-hybrid.com. ev-hybrid.com. 
This segment of Energy Matters is sponsored by Hall Booth Smith. This law firm works with over 88 Fortune 500 companies, and they have offices from Brunswick to Athens, Tifton to Columbus, and of course, Atlanta. We'd like to thank Hall Booth Smith for the great work they do with school boards, hospitals, cities, and counties all over our state. See more at hallboothsmith.com. Hey, this is Tim Eccles with Energy Matters on the Road, and I am on the Sapelo Ferry with kind of a famous person because her photos up here in the boat. This is Miss Mary. Hey, Miss Mary. Hi, how are you? I'm doing great. It's wonderful to be on your island. How long have you lived here uh, on Hog Hammock or on, on Sapelo Island? I've lived on Sapelo all my life. I was born and raised over here. As you think about how the islands changed and the communities changed over the years, what, what things come to your mind about the changes that are happening? Well, I like most of the changes, but when I was growing up, uh, when we graduated, we had to leave the island because there was really no jobs over here for us to do, so we had to go to the mainland. So I'm on a ferry, and we're waiting on it to take off, and it's going to take 20 or 25 minutes to get over and the folks that live on this island pretty much have to live on this ferry, uh, don't they? Is this ferry a, an important part of their life? Oh, yes, it is. It's certain times at the ferry run, if you don't be there, the boat will leave without you. So. That ferry's running on diesel. My, my radio show is called Energy Matters, and we talk a lot about electric vehicles. We talk about natural gas vehicles and how energy is changing for the future. And so as you kind of think about the future, electric cars, solar power, things like that. How do you see this impacting our country in the future? Do you give it much thought? I don't give it too much thought. So you're mainly wanting the power to work when you turn it on and you're wanting to have the utilities that you need to be able to live and enjoy your life? Yes, sir, exactly. And I think that's what most people want. They're interested in reliability, affordability, Right, So I serve on the Public Service Commission. I have a radio show, but my main job is that I'm an elected official and I regulate energy for Georgia. So, you know, that's helping to keep rates low. That's helping to plan for the future so that we've got power generation that makes sense as we move forward for your children and grandchildren and great-great-grandchildren. So as you think about as you think about the island and what we did yesterday by putting that solar panel at the library to help power that library for the next 30 years, uh, I mean, that's kind of a, a, that's kind of an exciting thing for me. What about people on the island? I mean, uh, we had a good crowd there, but do you feel like that library is important to them and what we did was an important investment? Yes, I think it was a very good investment in... For some of the people, I mean, it, it's a good thing. Yeah, and so we've already seen just in the few days that it's been up that not only did it power everything the library needed, but it put energy back on the grid so that the library's bill is going to get a credit from the power company because they're basically selling energy back to the power company. The Hog Hammock Playground has become a power plant uh, helping that library be able to pay us bills which to me is kind of an exciting thing it is very exciting and for some of the the new people that come to the island that don't live over here it's a good thing they can go to the library and they can learn a lot about Sapphire. it was great to be on your island and be a part of this thanks for letting me interview you today you're welcome this is tim eccles with energy matters on the road i'm actually on the boat great to be here on Sapelo island Well, that was my interview with Mary on the ferry boat in the studio with me to kind of debrief this entire episode about Sapelo Island. John Noel. Yes, sir. And Dr. Jackie Tidwell from the University of Georgia. Jackie, great to have you back in the studio. Nice to be here. Yeah. Jackie, you've been to Sapelo before? I have. Yeah. It was a lovely, lovely place. Uh, We enjoyed looking at the birdhouses that are all over the island. Yeah. There's there's a a lot of, of all kind of different types of wildlife you know most famously the wild cows have you heard about the wild cows Uh, this is a new one on me rj reynolds when his widow sold the island to the state of georgia they had a dairy and Hmm. they just simply uh, opened the gates and let the cows go uh when when they left the island wow yeah 
In fact, in the Reynolds Mansion, they left everything, all of his books, all the furniture, everything in the drawers, every, everything was just left there. Uh, it, wow. it really is surreal. But these wild cows roam the island, and they're rumored to be really, really big cows. Now, I did <laughs> the, not, What do you yeah. mean they're rumored to be? You didn't see them? No, I did not see them. But, they hide? Uh, this sounds like Sasquatch. Yeah. Covert cows. Yeah, Covert so I, cow. I, I rode the bike looking for the cows. I never saw a cow. There are alligators. There are wild boar. There's a lot of deer. There's all kind of birds. And there's a lot of mosquitoes. I Ooh. definitely saw some of those. Ooh, yeah, they're big. <laughs> There's a lot. They are. They are big. Uh, so uh, they took know, off with a small child till you caught it. Yeah, Tim, it, I'm catching small children from mosquitoes. This is this is what this guy does. And, it's and they let me. I, I, you know, I'm an ordained minister, yes. so um, they actually let me preach in the First African Baptist Church. There. I love uh, it. They only do one service a month, Amen. and so this was the month. This was the week weekend they didn't have a preacher ah. and so i got to you know to speak and the dnr ranger played the guitar and my brother my lawyer brother who was with us led the music the hymns wow. and things and so that was uh that's it, pretty cool and you know in the interview you you heard um uh, from miss Nettie that uh that rj reynolds wife had built that church for uh, the local the, population yeah for the community yeah. that that was there huh. so you know but staying in that reynolds house and you know you, you can only stay in the reynolds house if you take a group of 15 or more so you know 99.9999999 percent of georgians probably will never even go in the house and mm. this mm. is not like some kind of ritz carlton property this this house has basically been preserved i mean you 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 went by it, didn't you, mm-hmm. uh, Doctor Tidwell? Yes, sir. Did you you get you didn't get a chance to go in uh, and see it? They they don't let you in unless it's empty, right? I I was going through like some of the drawers and closets wow. and and different things like like, it's like this. a time and capsule. It wasn't it, it the entire house was a time capsule. Yeah, it's just amazing. Yeah, some of his old films that he showed in his film room, right? I'm talking the old reels. Yeah, um, you know, you think about the. 16 millimeter whatever they call them yeah. you know that you, you see them in movies and things uh. well his vault he had a vault for these films and, and all the films were still there it's amazing right so if you you know if you do get a chance to go down to sapelo you know and stay at the reynolds mansion you know take a group down there like a chamber group or business group i mean it's, mm-hmm. it really is a great a great opportunity wow so, so dr tidwell i was just thinking about maybe the next steps for Sapelo and some of the sustainability stuff that might be done. I was thinking about the service learning requirement. Can you kind of explain service learning and, and kind of the concept behind it? Yeah. So service learning at the University of Georgia is now a required experience for all students. They have to commit a certain amount of hours of actually being of service to their communities before they can graduate. And this isn't just to go out and, you know, pick up trash on the side of the road. It's having that kind of experience or helping to, you know, make something beautiful again on Sapelo and then having the opportunity to reflect on it and the impacts that that has on the community great you know one of the one of the things we noticed there is that the old tennis court that Reynolds had had there was an oak tree that fell on it in talking to dnr they just haven't had the time or the resources or the saws to move it there's an example of of a simple project i bet the three of us with right. my producer who's you know the the ever muscular well, three and Lo- a half of us logan yeah. Uh, yeah that we could go down there with chainsaws and probably clear that in a single in a single weekend also yeah. sounds like a great engineering project yeah so you know also wh- sounds like i'm gonna edit it out of this program but anyway sorry <laughs> logan uh, yeah yeah so you know think there's there's a lot of things that could be done that UGA could participate in service learning on Sapelo to yep. you know to basically fix things and to beautify it and to make it better. So when the, we think about, we need to understand people just geographically. We've got a hundred miles of coastline, and we've got barrier islands. We've got Jekyll Island. We're going to mm-hmm. hear more about that. We've got Cumberland. Uh, we Cumberland, about Cumberland before. We've got all these little islands along here, and some of these big wigs from up north brought their money and their yachts and they came down here and they bought some of these islands and they literally just made those islands their vacation spots and rj reynolds is one of those people now he was from north carolina so i don't think he was a big yankee but uh but yeah i mean that's i think that's important to uh 
to, to, to for us to realize when we're talking about places you have to get to by ferry. Yeah, and, you know, the Georgia Islands played a significant role in the life of the rich and famous before World War II. Uh, if you think about the Federal Reserve was kind of birthed on Jekyll Island. But after the war and as the train, the Flagler Railroad went south, West Palm Beach really became and still is, you know, the haven for the rich and famous around the world. And they were never really to come back to Georgia in any significant number. I mean, yes, Sea Island is there. It's a significant uh, you know, get away with a cloister and a lot of, you know, a lot of very rich houses. But these some of these other islands like Asaba Island and Sapelo Island, these are islands that will never be developed because they're in, they're in a heritage preserve or, you know, some kind of conservancy trust. Uh, even Little St. Simons, uh, they'll never be developed like that. So as we wrap this up, I, I really want to give a shout out to a number of people. First, John, to Dr. Cal- Carolyn Douse, who we dedicated the pavilion to, mm. the 94-year-old woman who, whose name is on that pavilion. So, uh, Total surprise to her. Yeah, that was, that, was, that was the best moment of the weekend. I want to give a shout-out to Yellowwood, who donated the wood, EDF Energy, who paid the contracting company, Southern Current, the guys from UGA, who basically donated all the solar panels and, and put them on, wow. Darian Telephone, who uh, donated the picnic tables, D.S. Smith, who cut uh, the lumber, uh, you know that was uh, that was there the old dead trees and took them out uh, the pine trees they weren't they weren't oaks uh, the public service commission and and Tom Kraus Faith Henning uh, John Noel uh, you John who de- who who donated all those light fixtures it was just uh, just a phenomenal experience so folks you're listening to Energy Matters and I hope you have a chance to make your way to Sapelo Island beautiful, to see this beautiful great place project. have a good weekend. The electric car revolution is coming, and the choices are growing. Gem cars are everywhere. You've seen these low-speed electric vehicles on college campuses, downtown Atlanta streets, and resort islands like St. Simons and Jekyll. Gem cars are street legal, equipped with seatbelts, headlights, and a tag, and can operate on roads with speed limits of 35 miles per hour or less. If you want to know more about these electric cars and trucks, six-passenger shuttles, mobile repair service, or full vehicle wraps, go to GemCarService.com. That's G-E-M, CarService.com. Tim Eccles of Energy Matters here for Solar Sun World. No doubt you've seen solar panels popping up all over the state. If you want the precision of German engineering when it comes to solar, Solar Sun World is for you. Gerd and all the folks at Solar Sun World understand the complexities of solar and how to make it work for you. From tax credits to inverters to accelerated depreciation, they'll advise you on the best path forward. And Solar Sun World now offers power purchase agreements. Find them at solarsunworld.com, solarsunworld.com. Me, 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 but also you. <laughs> the Pharaoh fast forwards his favorite foreign film. Powder donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the name your price tool from Progressive. Oh man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm gonna need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus, the Bulbous Walrus. The name your price tool, only from Progressive. The owl and a foul of the comatose coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.